first things first, Chris Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It is an absolute pleasure. First things first, how are you doing today? I'm really good. Yourself, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, thank you, I'm well. Good. Not, not We're, uh, you look like a diamond heat fan. I am. I'm, I'm currently suffering a bit of a bangover from yesterday's gigs. <laughs> My neck is in a few bits. <laughs> All right, with that in mind, then I won't keep you too long. Overall, then, how is everyone <laughs> in the iFight Bears camps, particularly based off the fact that the last month in particular has been very, very, very spectacular for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're all good. We're all um, we're all incredibly busy at the moment with all the uh, all the stuff that we've got going on, um, specifically around the the bloodstock space. There's a there's a lot of organisation that goes on around that space. Um, probably took us a couple of days just to do our tech spec and get that sent over. Um, you know, we're all prepping merch and we're playing warm up shows as well, as Dan can attest to, because he's dying from one from last night. Um, <laughs> Probably the warmest show we've ever played. Well, to be fair, it was the warmest day the UK has ever had, and we played a show and there was no aircon, so that that was horrendous. I went through yeah three t-shirts last night. It was um, it was a bit of an experience. Test. <laughs> what about that crowd, though, man? It must have been absolutely melting. Was the energy still there by time you hit kind of drive track five or six? I mean, the, the venue was serving quite a lot of water last night, for it that way. <laughs> Amazing. I, find, I fell a bit bad for the, um, uh, one of the support bands, because after, like, everyone had come, kind of, like, piled in to watch us, and then we had finished, everyone went outside to cool down, and everyone kind of stayed outside for a bit longer than they should while they were playing. <sighs> um, so I think me, me and Chris went and watched, like, most of their show, um, purely purely because Evan was still sort of <laughs> melting outside, which was a bit yeah. of a shame, really, because they were really good guys. They, they, they were they were awesome. we, we suffered the heat and we took videos for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you've managed to play a gig yesterday is testament uh, to your drive, I think, more than anything else. But let's talk about the first great thing to come from iFight Bears in recent time, the release of your brand new EP, Liberosis. It's been out since June 24th, so almost a full month at this stage. Now the dust is settling a little bit on it. How have you found the overall reaction to it? Um, really, really overwhelming. Um, I, mean, I was down in West Wales when uh, the boys emailed, um, well, seven group chat that there's an email coming through from Metal Hammer. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, we, it, well, it was a review email saying that they reviewed us and we were all sort of like winding each other up saying, oh, it was like one out of ten or two out of ten or something. And then Chris and Drew were like, oh, have you checked? And I checked and it was eight out of ten. And like the score means like, you know, the score is a score, that's someone's yeah. opinion. But just being on like a prestigious magazine like that, it was pretty overwhelming. And in your head, you kind of like say to yourself, wow, I'm kind of going down the correct route of well, at the moment. And it's just a really, really cool hobby for us. So it's pretty awesome that people can share what and listen to what we've been making in the last couple of years yeah, that, that, that's that's the that's the nice reactions of the, the metal hammer bits but you're not going to mention the the kerrang radio bit where we came to them and said oh you know you're going to be played on kerrang radio dan screamed like a little girl for about five minutes <laughs> i did i did i did 
but it, it's like it's all these little sort of nods and stuff and like all these like overwhelming reactions and positive things that are coming towards us that at the moment you know it's all it's like work and general life takes over but hmm. having this like really really awesome sort of hobby happen and get like big at the same time is like really cool it's it's overwhelming it's just it's it's hard to put the words sometimes the, the thing with the um the new ep i mean the, the the conception of the band was five mates that just decided that i mean we'd, we'd all been you know in and around the music scene previously and all done um bands in various genres you know some wildly different to what we're playing today hmm. we all kind of sat in a room over uh, mark's house who's the other guitarist and we, we were all just like throwing genres at the wall and the, the one that kind of we all said oh yeah i, I like that one <laughs> so like the, the common ground was um early 2000s metalcore so we were like let's do that let's yep. try and play early 2000s metalcore 20 years after it was uh, you know popular <laughs> so that's that's what the first album was. That's what the first uh, probably twelve songs that we wrote were kind of focusing on. Mm. Um, when we, not to say that we reinvented ourselves by any stretch of the imagination, but when we started right work on uh, the EP, which was originally supposed to be an album, but we we condensed it to an EP because we wanted to only pick the best songs that we had at that time. We didn't want to put out filler material. It was just these are the best ones that we can do. It was a case of well we were early 2000s metalcore yeah. but we've all got these you know wildly different experiences different genres different tastes let's add a lot of that in and and what came out was the EP that we've got today and I think that we, we still play um like a homage to the to the roots of what our core sound is but there's there's enough differences and variation in there that there's there's something new for other people to listen to we're, we're not just a, a kill switch band anymore we we can do more with our music so that's was that what the original vision was when it came to creating the ep to give this reinvention life as it were and i think the questions i was going to come up relating to that as well is the period that work kind of went on in that and that it's now come out afterwards the pandemic did that have a lot of uh, effect on it uh yes definitely so the i'm trying to remember the dates now but i think our first album came out in around 2017 2018 and we we already had four or five songs ready to go for ep at that point um we went to a like a residential a recording studio up in mid wales called mm -hmm. giant wafer um, and anyone that hasn't been should definitely check it out because it's amazing. <laughs> you basically get a, a full house attached to a massive recording studio with a live room and a uh, you know soundproof room and a kitchen, and there's a whole load of stories associated with that recording session. But um, we went up there and we decided to track the the demos that we had, um, and the the versions of those demos that, that came out at the time, we loved. We, we, we came away from that recording session really happy. But there was there was a, a product of time that happened. Um, we, we didn't want to release it immediately. We wanted to do some minor tweaks to it. And over the course of probably a few months after listening to it on repeat and talking about it, and we played a couple of the songs live before, well before they were released, we, we wanted to just make originally 
minor adjustments to those <laughs> tracks. And I can't remember whether it was myself or Mark who decided that these songs will sound heavier if we tune our guitars down to B, because I think we were originally in C before. Um, and it was a joke. It was like, yeah, everything's heavier when it's lower. Um, unfortunately for us, it did sound better when we tuned it down, which then mean we needed to re-record all of the guitars to all of these songs. And then when we'd done that, we realized that the vocals needed to be changed because uh, Drew's kind of um, vocal uh, melodic lines, he, he works in a certain range. And when we, when we dropped everything down a little bit, he needed to tweak everything. Because he needed to tweak the melodies, he needed to tweak the lyrics that went alongside it. So then Dan is impacted by that and he changes all his you know, uh, harsh vocals along with it. I think probably the only person who wasn't impacted that much is Scott because the, the drums remain consistent. They, they were like the, the core of that. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's probably, I want to say, early 2020. And we had working versions of these songs. And then COVID kind of smashed everyone in the face and decided, no, you're not going to do anything with your life. You're going to stay inside. Mm. So it was at that point that we kind of, we, we re-evaluated what we were going to do. Um, we, we knew that if we recorded this EP, we didn't want to release it in the middle of a global lockdown mm. because our, our preference for the, the kind of the, the distribution of that music outside of streaming services and online is live. So we want to play you these songs loud in your face and you know you can feel the heat coming off us as we're playing that song in front of you. So that kind of just stalled us essentially. Um, you know, we, we did a, a couple of things. We, we did a couple more tweaking to those tracks over, over the course of the pandemic. And then towards the end, we're talking like end of lockdown two, start of lockdown three, we started really getting into the recording process and then pretty much released it when everything was open again. So it was quite good timing, to be honest. Um, and, and coincidentally, we entered uh, the Metal to the Masses competition for Bloodstock. Um, and we realised that our EP release would coincide with I think it was the semi-final mm -hmm. so it was like well our goal of this now is we need to get far enough through the competition that we can play the ep release show in front of a you know bloodstock appreciative crowd it must have been quite maddening to a certain degree though because in the early stages of the pandemic of course we never really knew how long things were going to last and certainly could never envision the shutdown of the sticking to the music industry specifically the shutdown that we would see across uh just sticking to the uk the live venues and uh, what followed from that, was that always something that was hanging over you, that you were kind of just waiting for the first opportunity when you could properly get this EP out there? Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, well, after sort of lockdown East and then um, other shows and gigs were starting to happen, mm. um, we decided to put a, a big sort of Halloween show, um, which was last year, actually, and that was our first, am I right in saying this, Chris? Probably like our first show back was, in yeah, two was years. Back, yeah. yeah, literally. And the the nerves on all of us, like I, I think some of us didn't really say, but like me especially for the mm. weeks building up to that show, especially when like the amount of tickets we were selling for this show as well was like, I think we were peaking around 180, 190. Mm. Um, it started to hit, but then I, I'm... I might be speaking out of turn for the band, but after we finished that set, I, I never wanted to do it more than after that show. It was just like this overwhelming feeling of forget the past now. This is now 
rock and roll time. Let's let's go. And I looked at Chris, I looked at the band, and I was like, this is where we're meant to be, and this is what I want to be doing. Was, um, um, and it was great. There was conversations that were floating around during lockdown era um, that I don't think anyone really wanted to do. The, the conversations were had anyway of, are we going to turn into mm. an internet band? Is this the direction for us going forward? Um, <laughs> there's, there's various artists out there um, that, you know, their primary mechanism for distribution of their music is via their online platform and they will occasionally play a show. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was a talking point for us for quite a while. And, and coincidentally, myself and Dan are the, the, the true advocates of, you know, we really want to play these songs live. We want to be standing on stage. And it's not, not the, the other guys are not against the live show, but they were in a position where they were like, this could be a direction that we're going to take ourselves instead because mm-hmm. all the venues are locked down and, you know, no one got their houses and that sort of thing. Um, but I think that, that Halloween show um, especially, and there was another show that we played in Swansea, with the um, the guy in the pit, which we'll come into in a minute, it just it really rekindled everything that we love about live music, playing live, seeing the audience in front of us. It just it just boosted everything, and then the the metal to the masses competition took that to new highs. It basically reinvigorated you. Yeah, it did. But yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a story of the, the guy in the Swansea because it's it's my favourite story. So. <laughs> they're playing, um, they're playing, uh, playing our, our, our usual set, about half hour, 35 minute set. And about, I want to say about 20, 25 minutes into it, the crowd is really enjoying it. You know, they're kind of jumping around. And there's, um, there's a section in one of the songs where we've got, um, it, 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 there's a little bit of a lull where there's only one guitar playing. And Dan will usually get into the audience and they'll split the crowd and he's going to try and get them to circle pit or whatever he's going to do. Um, and when he split the crowd, this one guy walks out of absolutely nowhere into the middle of this circle of nothing and he gets on his head and he starts spinning around and then he's breakdancing. So for the rest of the song where we're playing, he's, he's in the middle spinning on his heads and his legs are going everywhere and we're just watching him like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's actually a professional dancer. He's literally just about to um, go to Spain. He's a friend of a, he's a brother of a friend of the band. Um, and he's literally just got a uh, professional job out in Spain, but he's, he's a fully, like, a big, big sort of breakdancer. And I just looked up and I went, oh, my God, there's a guy breakdancing on our pit. <laughs> he took advantage of that moment. My goodness me. That's, uh, as you said, that's a story and a half that will hope, well, will likely never be repeated again. <laughs> that's going to stick in my memory forever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I want to but see it again. That's the people are doing it wrong. Don't pay it, break down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone's always trying to break records at Bloodstock, guys. There is one for you then. The most people break dancing in a pit at Bloodstock. You called it now. That's going to happen. <laughs> but overall, do you think you guys coped as well as you could during a pandemic? And do you feel that you're stronger now for the experience that you've gone through? I, I, I think so. Um, there's there's a number of things that I, I personally worked on d- during the lockdown period. Um, I was fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I, I, I worked throughout the entirety of it. So I've been lucky enough to work from home. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get that Netflix time that most of the population seemed to get. 
So, you know, swings and roundabouts. But you're lying. <laughs> well, I did, obviously, I did watch a lot of Netflix over that time, but a lot of the things that I was working on were kind of um, songwriting elements, uh, musical production elements, uh, and playing around in my um, audio workstation to try and get just more out of it when, when, when we were in that creative writing process. There were things like... Um, this hasn't been released I don't think it'll ever be released to be completely honest but I did a, an orchestra version of the first album oh, wow. so the, the first 10 songs of the album I've done like a string horn clarinet flute version of it um, and it, it, it's not it wasn't for public consumption but the the process of that allowed me then to add orchestra elements to the EP mm. which was that, that was never going to be a thing but there were there were elements of the song that we felt um, especially around some of the the more melodic sections where Drew is is singing, that we could put strings in here and that'll just like take it up a notch. So that that kind of being stuck in the house and not being able to go out and do things focused a lot of our minds in in different areas, areas that we would never have explored previously. He's being really humble now, Carl. Because yeah. when he said to us that he'd done an orchestra version of the first <laughs> album, I was like, shut up. And then he, he played it, and it's pretty incredible, to be honest. But for me, this is like the first band I've ever been in. And like Chris was saying, coming back after lockdown, to be able to like just sing in this band um, is pretty overwhelming sometimes because they're like very talented dudes. And some of the stuff they tell me and they go through, and it just, blows my mind but yeah it just it it gave me a chance to like really hone myself in that two years and go like me and Chris are just saying like yeah I miss live shows mm -hmm. and like I, well, we weren't doing as many up to the build up because as Chris was saying we were in discussions of just becoming an internet band mm -hmm. but like that first show back after two years of not playing I think it just sort of yeah it was a slap in the face to all of us and said like yeah no we need to be doing this we need to be doing live shows there's the there's the the technical element elements of the live show that we worked on as well which is quite easy to overlook chris explain that um, yeah, yeah i'll explain because you don't know what we're talking about no i've got a clue there's um, um when Every every band can go on stage and, and just play, but there's there's a load of things that go on in the background that an audience member won't necessarily realise there's work gone into that. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we spent an insane amount of time, but a, a lot of time trying to streamline each of those elements. Um, and that was something that we worked on throughout the Metal to the Masses competition as well. Um, some of the feedback that we had in the, the heat of Metal to the Masses was uh, great, but <clears throat> there, is there room for improvement? Could you do more? And I, I took that as, yeah, I can absolutely do more. <laughs> so there, there were things around, you know, I, I started the Metal to the Masses competition with, well, you can probably see it there, like a massive pedal board of things like reverbs and delays and overdrives. And, mm. and I was like, uh, the, that's half of my time when I'm playing live is me spent looking at my feet. <laughs> but why am I doing that? I, I should be engaging with the audience that sat in front of me. So I spent the time. Um, we've got a, a quad cortex if you're interested in the, um, the specifics of it. But that is now MIDI programmed for both guitars for the entire set. So... 
our laptop, which is sat next to the drummer, when we pressed play and the, the backing track starts for the intro music, the rest of the set, it'll, it'll, it's programmed to do our reverbs and our delays and our lead channels and our clean channels. So I don't need to look at my feet anymore. So I can engage with the audience. I can look at them in their eyes. And it, I think there's little things like that, that they just give you that 1% edge on the live show and just allow you to experience it more. And I think the audience appreciates that back when you're looking in his eye as you're playing the solo rather than, you know, looking at your feet or worrying about whether your reverb pedal's on and it shouldn't be, something like that. It's such a, it's, you know, as a person that goes to a lot of live shows, it's such an important thing. The engagement, obviously, with an audience is part and parcel of a live show. If you look like you're having a great time on stage, it will spread into that crowd. It's infectious stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It is, it is incredible as well to hear, like, how you guys have worked on yourselves and as a group over the pandemic period. Any positives that could be gleaned from such a, a pretty terrible um, period for pretty much everyone is amazing um, and it feels like momentum is building nicely for I Fight Bears now as well which brings us of course to Bloodstock Bloodstock 2022 that you are going to be playing the Friday of the festival on the new Blood stage earned by winning the South Wales medal to the masses. Have you ever been to this festival before as fans and how are you feeling about playing it? Um, I, I haven't personally been, I know I know I want to say hundreds of people that have been, and I, I always feel like the, the one that's been left out. Like I haven't, I've finished my rite of passage as a metalhead because I haven't yet been to Bloodstock, but I'm going this year. So, I mean, the, the, story, <laughs> the stories that I've heard is, uh, well, they're, they're filling me with confidence that I'm going to have an amazing time anyway, put it that way. Yeah, I'm a bit of a download hound, so... Yeah, I've always like gone to download and then thought, nah, I'll leave the second festival. But like, I'm absolutely buzzing because I didn't go to download this year. And even better, I get to go to Bloodstock and play the, the festival as well. And it, not only that, it's like loads of our favorite bands are playing as well. It's like really like, it's amazing. Like, I can't wait. It's only a couple of weeks. And I literally can't wait to go like. Yeah, three weeks tomorrow. So not too long yeah. now. And I mean, the new Blood lineup. Uh, itself across all the days is incredibly strong it's, it's wicked there's so many good bands it's unreal and with that though that's a lot of bands vying for it vying for an audience's attention what do you think uh, i fight bears are gonna have to do to reel them in oh well i mean part of that answer is not be up against an amazing band <laughs> 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 if we're playing at the same time, it's not like Lamb of God. So then I'm like, yeah, I know, fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, we we've already got our our plans for um, getting an audience into the new blood stage for when we're playing because um, we're we're not a Lamb of God, for example. Um, we're not, you know, four hundred thousand streams daily or something like that. So the, the likelihood is the twenty thousand people that are going to Bloodstock have probably not heard of us outside of the insane fans that we know are getting a bus down and, and they're going to come to see us because they told us last night. Um, so we, we, we've do, we've been doing kind of background things where we've got um, we've got stickers with QR codes on them and um, patches and stuff, and we're going up daily. So we'll be there on a Thursday all day and the entirety of the Friday. We're going to be wandering around. We're going to be, you know, mingling, in, interacting with the audience that's there and saying, by the way, tomorrow we're playing. We want to see you break dancing in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I might have to throw it out then because um, spoilers uh, for something we're doing in a couple of weeks' time. But we do a load of lists leading up to the festival, as long as as well as the features that you guys are going to be part of too. Um, but we are doing the top ten bands that we think you should check out. Bloodstock, and you guys might feature in that. So hopefully uh, that'll help spread. The oh, word thank you, well. Thanks. Um, it, it, it's it's bloodstock i've been many many times it's gonna be fantastic i feel like you guys fit so perfectly as well on the day and it's awesome to hear that you're going to be around as well to kind of just meet and talk to people as well that's such an important part i think people forget the networking side of things it's boring it ain't that rock and roll but uh, it's part and parcel of it unfortunately i mean i i don't know whether boring is the right word i mean it's there's a lot of time that needs to go into it um, and it's it's determining whether your priority what what is your priority with that time that you're spending mm-hmm. and, I, and I think for, for us as a band that, that networking that mingling and that and engagement with the fans is, is, is up there with one of the top priorities that we that we have you know engaging with the audience or the potential audience or depending on when we play it's the audience that just watched us five minutes ago we, we want to talk to them and, and get their feedback and and understand what did you love about the show? What did you not like so much? Because we're going to change it next time. That that sort of thing. I did, yeah. I, I, I kind of meant the the part where you get lined up to go talk to the press one by one by one by one. Oh, that, I have that, the answer, that, the that, same that. questions over and over again about your performance. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. In all honesty, I can't wait because it's going to be a new experience. And if if obviously things do go down that route and get better and better. It's literally like you said, part and parcel of being in a band. I signed up for it. I've got to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I'm going to embrace it all. I'll, I'll do a million interviews. Just chuck, chuck, them, chuck them at me. The boys right. can have a beer. When you're 500,000 interviews deep, I can remind you of that. <laughs> Bring it on, man. Uh, I hope we get a chance to talk Can't to you wait. guys at the actual festival then as well, because it'd be awesome to catch up then with it. But I mean, again, you guys' momentum is so behind you, building from the roses, to, building to the Metals and Masters and now leading to Bloodstock. And this, of course, comes ties into kind of what we talked about earlier on and what I would use the word rebirth of I Fight Bears. Can you explain, though, why at this stage you kind of thought that was necessary? And I guess what it means as we move forward, because ultimately I think an important aspect is, is Bloodstock's not the end, not the not the goal, not the end goal. It's just the next step. You mean rebirth in terms of uh, tonal direction? Yeah, the direction you've chosen to go in, yeah. I guess that kind of comes down to, um, there's, there's an element of, of personal taste that, that goes alongside that. So... Um, when we wrote the songs for um, album one, mm. there was probably there's three or four songs that were written there that were actually written before the the, the birth of the band. Um, I mean, you can tell the story about the actual birth of it, but essentially, um, Mark wrote a couple of songs for Dan to do vocals on because he wasn't in band. At the time. I, I can tell Carl the actual story, and you'll probably laugh. <laughs> so. I, I thought, uh, my I'll give Drew a shout because I really fancy making a solo metal track on my own because I think I can do it. Oh. So let's give it a try. So I asked Drew in the band, would he record me? And he said, yeah, I'll do it, but it'll cost you 50 quid, seeing as it's part of his profession. I said, yeah, fair enough. I gave him 25. <laughs> we started writing. Um so yeah, we kind of need to remember. Let's get Mark. So Mark came along, and then he started 
quickly writing some really good riffs and next you know we're like oh let's ask Chris I've known Chris for a while and me and Chris actually said to each other when we were out and about getting drunk about 18 years ago so me and you were going to be in a band <laughs> oh. 18 years later <laughs> 18 years later um and then I think the boys said let's bring Scott and next you know we have a band and I looked at Drew I said I'm not giving you the other 25 quid you can piss off and then that was the band. <laughs> that was how we made the band it, it was uh, it was a case of the the, the, the songs um, that were written in that period. They were very much um, we were aiming for a particular sound at that time. Mm. It was the you know, we, we we know we like the early two thousand metal. That's what we're going to aim for, and a lot of the songs were geared around that particular sound. And I think the 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 evolution of us playing together as a band um, because the, those songs were written around the time that we started gigging. So it was, you know, quite some gig song. There wasn't that much collaboration that happened during that period. And we did a lot of um, uh, internet back and forth with the writing as well. So Mark would write a riff, he'd send me the riff, I'd write the next section, send it back, and then we'd have a song. And it was, it was a little bit kind of disjointed, I guess, in the, in, in the writing process. Um, with the with the second EP, that was a lot more collaborative, and not just with the guitars. That was like a full band collaboration of, I've I've made this thing. Let's all kind of squash it and massage it and add bits and then take bits out and swap that over, um, and then it just kind of becomes this this new thing. Um, and having everyone's influences because there's just wildly different influences of genres, everything from early 2000s metalcore to uh, gent, uh, deathcore, death metal, melodic death. I'm really into my prog rock and my prog metal. So any opportunity I get to add a weird time signature, I'll just squeeze that one in there. And uh, and that that then creates the, the, the new Wi-Fi days. If you, want to, if you want to call it a rebirth, I see it more as a as a transition because if you squash the time period down it's, it's a transition with the gap of the pandemic yeah probably a rebirth is accurate evolutionary as you learn and develop as musicians as much as anything else it is fascinating to hear you describe how these steps have come about it, it almost sounds so natural um well it clearly was very very natural for you to get to this stage and i guess um my next question is then do you feel as though where you're at now is where you want I Fight Bears to be going forward? Not yet. I, I think that we've got a lot more uh, in the bank, um, put it that way. We Some of the songs for, um, I think it's titled EP2 at the moment. We don't know what format that's going to present itself in, whether we just release them as the singles and then a collection at the end or whether we do actually release it as an EP or whether we decide to go mad and do it as an album. But the, the, the songs that are there at the moment that are, are mostly in kind of a completed demo format right now, I'm very, very excited for those songs. I can't, I can't wait until we get to play those songs live. Amazing. So obviously the focus is completely on the build towards playing Bloodstock and everything that involved in that. Bloodstock is the next step. The remainder of 2022 is the hopeful plan just to basically be as busy as humanly possible. You want to take that, Dan? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, like 
like Chris is saying, well, reiterating what Chris is saying, when those the, the EP that we brought out is a collection over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. whereas the tracks that Mark and Chris have been writing uh, in the last sort of year or so, um, they're like a step up again. If I if that's the correct way of saying it, they're like they're even better. Um, and I mean, I, I was listening to the like sort of five demos that are floating around at the moment the other day, and I was like, oh my god! Like, way, we cannot tell you the name. Of, of course, songs. of course, we of we course. definitely uh, can't uh, tell uh, you. The name. They're, they're all the the working title kind of no no no. <laughs> uh, but they're just like there's one in particular. Uh, Chris knows which one, um, and it's just it's it's so good. It's like. This will take us up again. It's like I feel as if the collection of music that we've done since we started is just stepping stones as to where we're aiming to be, and it's just getting better. And it's just like really cool. And uh, um, we've got no intention of slowing down. Uh, if anything, it, it's the complete opposite. I mean, um, Bloodstock is that kind of jumping off point um, from my perspective. So. You know, we we've been we've been able and, and lucky enough to play um, very good shows with very good bands and big bands and decent venues previously, but we we grabbing Bloodstock by the horns, which is a pun on their logo as well. We we are going to use that as an opportunity to say like he's no, been no, waiting no. all day to say that. I, I literally <laughs> just thought of it now. I was like, that's, that's liar. He's a liar. <laughs> And, and you know we're going to use that as an opportunity to to just you know I want to play that show I want to play that venue and we're just going to just going to fight until we can get it. Guys, your enthusiasm is absolutely infectious. It shines through the screens. I am so stoked for you. I'm so excited for the future. I cannot wait to see you play Bloodstock. I have complete faith that you're going to absolutely smash it, break dancers and all. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carl. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?